Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. All right, guys, what I'd like you to do right now is I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 5. We're going through the Gospel of John. Months ago, when I decided that I wanted to do this, my whole purpose in going through the Gospel of John is to help you to really understand who Jesus is. Because sometimes we get these mindset in our mind about who he is, based upon what others have told us or what we think or what has been our experience. But sometimes we need to get back into a gospel. And so today we're actually going to see a little bit about who he is because he identifies himself with the Father. You know, sometimes people say, oh, Jesus never claimed to be God. Well, you haven't really read the gospels, have you? He's going to make an identification today. And to be honest with you, The people around him knew what he was saying because they were mad at him because of that. He's going to talk about how he and the Father are connected. And he's just doing what the Father says. Which, by the way, sometimes we think that God's not at work around us. God is at work around us. We're going to see that anyhow through this passage. So, Let's look at this together. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to focus on verses 16 through 24. Let's focus on what the apostle writes. Look with me at verse 16. For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father has been working until now, And I have been working. Therefore the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making him equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself But what he sees the Father do, and whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Most assuredly, I say to you, that he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. All right, so here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take this section of verses. This is one of Jesus's discourse. He's kind of trying to help them to understand who he is. And we're going to see who he is. Now, first, we're going to notice a reaction. 
Okay, so we're going to see a reaction from the Jewish leaders who should have known better. Okay, who should have known better who he was. But they got focused on other things. So we're going to see a reaction from then. And then we're going to spend the rest of our time, verses 19 through 24, talking about the relationship between the Father and the Son. Okay? So let me just kind of help you a little bit, just kind of prepare you what he's going to talk about. At one point in the gospel, one of the disciples says to Jesus, show us the Father. And Jesus replies, have I not been with you so long that you already don't know the answer to that? When you see me, you see the Father. And so that's what we're going to see in this passage. And here's what I'm hoping for. The issue for you and I is not performing religious function. The issue for you and I is not just doing church. The issue for you and I is do you have a relationship with the living God through the person of Jesus? Did you understand? That's what the issue is. Church is, fits into that somehow later. We'll, we'll talk about that at some other point. But the issue is do you know God? Do you understand him? Do you believe him? Not just believe him, but do you trust him? And is he impacting your life? So this isn't about how much Bible knowledge we want to get. This isn't about how well we like the songs. This isn't about any of that stuff. It's more than a service. It's about Jesus. And so that's what we're going to look at here. And to be honest with you, that's what the Jewish leaders understood, and they didn't like that. What do you mean? Well, let's take a look. Look with me again. Look with me at verse 16 through 18. Notice what's happening here. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Now, here's the first thing I want to show you. Jesus did not go along with their religious system. Now, you might say, well, wait a minute, George. Isn't one of the Ten Commandments that they keep the Sabbath holy? Yes, that is one of the Ten Commandments. But that's as far as the law went. The law said to keep the Sabbath holy. What they did was is they defined through their traditions what it was to, quote, keep the Sabbath holy. And are you ready for this? One of their traditions was you couldn't heal anybody on the Sabbath. In fact, you're going to see them making that argument with Jesus later on. There are six other days that you could have done this. Why do this on the Sabbath? Now, isn't that kind of crazy? God bringing healing to somebody who's sick and in bondage, and you can't do that on the sacred day? So they were upset with Jesus for doing stuff on the Sabbath. Now, let's remind ourselves, Jesus is God. He understands exactly what the Sabbath is because he established the Sabbath. He knows what he can do and can't do on the Sabbath, right? But what they did was is they created an extra level of religious actions to tell you whether or not you can do stuff on the Sabbath. We saw that last week when Jesus tells that guy, take up your bed and walk. 
It was against the law, quote, the oral tradition, to carry your bed on the Sabbath. And that was meaningless. So Jesus is exposing that. And so guess what? They're mad at him. They're mad at him. Here's the second thing I want you to look with me at verse 17 and 18. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Well, you and I don't have a problem with that statement. Well, that sounds okay. Yeah, but they did. Look at what verse 18 says. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him. That's pretty extreme, isn't it? All the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father, making him equal with God. Here's the second thing I want you to see. They could not handle what Jesus was saying about himself. It wasn't just that he was breaking their traditions. It's just that he was claiming to be something and they couldn't handle it. Now here's the problem. Can I tell you what the problem is? Everything that Jesus is doing, the Old Testament law that they're standing on, the Old Testament scripture that they're standing on, said that when the Messiah would come, he would what? Do those things. So what are they doing? They got to the point where the system mattered more than what the system was worshiping. The system of religion mattered more than the one who was to be worshipped. Did you understand it? And it's an easy trap to fall in. You maybe have fallen in. I've fallen into it. Where you have this new, vibrant relationship with Jesus. And you have folks mad at you because you went to that restaurant that had a bar. And you shouldn't have been going there. Or... You went here, or you went there, or you dressed this way, or you carried that thing, or carried this thing. Did you understand what I'm saying? The system becomes more important than the God who you worship. And, and in this instance, the system becomes more important than when God shows up. And it's almost like, excuse me, God, you're interfering with our stuff. We're trying to worship you this way. Can you get out of the way? That's ridiculous, isn't it? But that's where they're at. And as we look at them and we say, man, that's ridiculous that they're acting that way. We act that way sometimes too, don't we? But here's what Jesus says. Jesus wants them to see. Now what, what follows from here, the rest of chapter 5, is Jesus trying to show them who he is and we're going to take it in three parts. We're going to take one part today, the relationship between the Father and the Son. Next week, we're going to look at where Jesus says he is the ultimate judge. It's going to be alluded to today. And then finally, he's going to show the support that proves that from three different witnesses who he is. We're going to see that in two weeks. But let's talk about the Father and the Son. First thing I want you to notice is what Jesus says in verses 19 through 20. Look with me at what it says here. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, 
But what he sees the father do, for whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. All right, so let's talk about the relationship. First of all, number one, Jesus tells us that he does not act independently from the Father. All right, so sometimes, here's what happens. Sometimes we get in our mindset that God, and I know because this is a prevalent idea, maybe you've talked to somebody, there's a lot of young people that are thinking this now in our culture, a lot of millennials, that God is this cruel God who wants to send his son to die on a cross so his anger could be appeased. And so Jesus becomes the, quote, willing sacrifice to do that. Because Jesus loves us, God hates us. You ever heard that kind of thinking? It's messed up because that's not true. Because Jesus is saying, I don't act independently from the Father. In fact, what the Father wants done and what he is doing, I join him in what he's doing. So what Jesus is saying, okay, let's go back to this accusation that's being made against Jesus and against God. The whole reason Jesus went to the cross is because God loved us. And wanted to do something for us in our terrible situation. And he was setting about doing the plan. And so Jesus is doing what the Father is doing because they love each other. And they love you and I. There is no difference. Jesus who dies on the cross loves you the same as the one who sent him. It's all about love. They don't act independent of each other. And I would add to that now, even though I just mentioned to you earlier, 61% of those who say they're Christian don't believe the Spirit is real. But for let me just tell you, the Spirit is real, and the Spirit continues that work. So whatever the Spirit sees the Father and Son doing, He's doing in our lives. They don't act independently. Isn't that awesome? Because Jesus is not here. But guess who you have now? Well, he said, I'm sending another comforter, another helper, like me. So the first thing we see is that Jesus tells us that he does not act independently from the Father. Here's the second thing. Just as the Father is at work, Jesus is also doing what the Father does. Jesus is also doing what the Father does. Just as the Father has worked. So let me just kind of help you with this, because sometimes we get there. I know I get there. What do you mean you get there, George? Well, sometimes I enter into this mindset, and it usually happens when it seems like the world's caving in around me. You ever have a point like that where it seems like the world's caving in around you? You ever had a week like that, or a day like that, or a month? How about a year? Where it just seems like the world's caving in around And, and, and you pray crazy prayers, because they come from your heart. And so when they come from your heart, you pray these kind of crazy, crazy prayers, and, and, and you kind of pray like, oh God, why aren't you doing something? You ever pray that kind of prayer? I have. You don't need, you just, just in your mind, say, yeah, yeah, I've been there. You know, if we were honest with ourselves, we all have been there, right? And, and we're like, oh God, why aren't you there? Why are you not working? He is working. 
Jesus is telling us he's working. And he's saying he's working such that I'm doing what he's doing. And I would say to you, even now, the Holy Spirit is doing what the, what the Father and the Son are doing. He's working in your life. So even though you're in the midst of whatever it is, the world's caving in around you, you're not in there by yourself. He's with you. And he's working. In fact, his work with you continues till you go to be with him. Isn't that the promise of Paul's epistle? That he who has done a good work in you will complete it until the day? Isn't that awesome? So Jesus is saying, look, he's saying to these guys, look, the Father and I, we have this intimate relationship. In fact, verse 20 says, the Father loves me. We have this intimate, loving relationship, and whatever he does, I'm doing as well. And he's doing that in your life and in my life. Here's what else he says. Look with me. Third thing now. This is how powerful Jesus is. Look at me. Verse 21. He says this. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. Here's the point. Just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, Jesus also gives life. In fact, we're going to see that reality here. We're in chapter 5. You get all the way to chapter 11. He's going to tell us that, that, man, that does happen. Why? Because he calls Lazarus out of the grave. He gives life. He raises the dead. You want to talk about raising the dead? He raised you. Well, I haven't died yet, George. No, but you were already dead before, the scripture tells us. We were spiritually dead. But he made us alive. How? Through his death on the cross, we were given life. He's made you new. And so, just as the Father raises the dead and gives life, Jesus gives life. We know that. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that, right? What do you mean we need to be reminded of that? Remember I told you sometimes we have this concept that our world is caving in around us? Some of the times when we have those concepts of our world caving in around us is because we have messed things up. And how will we ever get through this? Is there no way out of this situation? And sometimes you feel dead. But here, I'm going to tell you something. Jesus raises the dead. And yes, there may be consequences for decisions that are made and actions that have been taken. But God can redeem even that. That's why Joel says, Lord, give me back the years the locusts have eaten. Some of us need to ask for God to give us back the years our poor decisions have taken from us, right? It's possible. Because God's the one who what? Gives life. The fourth point I want you to see is verse 22. It's very interesting. We don't usually think of this in terms of Jesus, but this is a reality. Look with me at verse 22 of chapter 5. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. All right, so here's the point. The Father has committed all judgment to the Son. 
All right, now remember that argument that God is this angry God. He is just waiting to squash you. He's just waiting. That's why he put his son on the cross, because somebody had to die so he could be appeased by whatever. That is so wrong. How do we know that? Because he just tells us here, the Father's not the one who's going to judge. Jesus is. Wow. That, that'll blow your mind, won't it? We get this concept that God is just waiting to, to do us in, to, to make us pay, and that's what we think. Make me pay. I'm paying for this, Lord. You're making me pay. No, no, you, you don't understand. It's not the Father who judges you. It's the one who died for you who judges you. That's crazy, isn't it? It's the one who gave his life so that you could have a new life who judges you. In fact, when you go to Revelation chapter 20, it talks about the great white throne and the one who sits on the throne. That's verses 11 through 17. And from whom the, the world and, and the earth and everything fled away from because of the terror that the, of the one who's on the throne. In fact, Paul in one of his letters talks about that day of judgment being the day of terror. Now, why is it terror? Because Jesus is on the throne judging. But that's not our concept of Jesus, is it? We think that's the Father. Father, Father is saying, Jesus is saying, no, no, the Father has given all judgment to me. I am the one who judges. Now, instead of that scaring you, let me that encourage you. The only people who need to panic about that are the ones who reject him. But if you know him, there is no fear. Why? Because the penalty for your sin has already been paid for. By who? The one who judges. Isn't that awesome? The one who judges you paid the penalty for your sin. So, okay, so you ever had to go before a judge? Have you ever seen it where the judge says, here's the sentence, boom, $500 fine. Then he says, okay, here's my check. And he writes it out for you. You ever seen that happen? You're laughing because that doesn't happen. They add court costs on top of that fine. That's what Jesus is doing here. That's the relationship between the Father and the Son. Now the wonderful thing is, is this John writes in his letter later on, My children, I write unto you that you sin not, but, that it, but if you do, you have an advocate. That's a legal term, an advocate. Jesus Christ, who is what? The propitiation for your sin. Propitiation is a big Bible word meaning he is the satisfier of God's wrath. Is that not awesome? Verse 23. All right, this is an important point. Look with me, verse 23. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. All right, so here's the second thing. The Father has given all authority to the Son so that he will be honored. Honored. Can I tell you that's the one thing that we're missing today in church? Is honoring Jesus? Well, what do you mean, George? We're here, we're just saying something. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. It's about how you live your life. It's about what guides you in your life. If Jesus is who he is, do you honor him with your life? That's really what the point is. And he's saying here, he's saying to these guys, you don't honor me, you're not honoring the Father who sent me. Because they thought they were honoring the Father. In fact, they were going to kill him. This is how crazy it is. They were going to kill him thinking that they were doing God a favor. 
And he says to them, look, just so you understand, God has given me all this authority so that you would honor me, that as you honor me, you honor him. But if you don't honor me, you're not honoring the one who sent me. That's who Jesus is. So now comes the final point. All right, we're here at the final point. Look with me at verse 24. This is important. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me, who sent me, has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. All right, so here's the point. Those who believe the Son will not be judged and will receive life. You're not going to be judged. If you believe, now that word believe, remember, it's not just believing a set of mental facts. It is trusting, knowing and trusting. If you know him and trust him, you will have life. And you will not face judgment. That is, that's a, it just, it, we just heard he's the judge, right? But you're not going to face that judgment because why? You have passed from, here's what he's saying, from death into life. Now that's going to take place, yes, in a physical sense. When you and I die, we're going to leave this body and receive a new body later on. But that also means, yes, you've passed from death into life spiritually in the moment you trusted in Jesus, what? You became spiritually alive. That's who he is. Now, what do we do with this, George? Well, let's go back to verse 16 through 18. When you and I look at those verses and we see how they're acting and they want to get rid of Jesus, what's going on here? What, what is going on through their minds? I'll tell you what's going on through their minds. I already made the point to you earlier. The system became more important than the one the system was meant to worship. Well, we don't have to worry about that, George. Really? Because we're in danger of the same thing. I'm in danger of the same thing. What? The Christian life can become so important, more important, than the one we're living the life for. Do you know how you see what I'm saying? Where... Making sure you, on that day, you're, you're like, I've got this app on my phone. My phone's down there. I got this app on my phone. It tells me what I have to do this each day. And it has a little check mark. I can put a, with my finger, I can make a check mark. Boop, boop, boop. And then it'll go away. And then I've got things where, like, old stuff that I need to do. I've not checked those yet, okay? That's my app, okay? Well, all right. So you and I, we have this check mark. As long as I do these certain things, I'm Okay. But then God somehow comes along and he blows that up. And we don't know how to handle it. Because he comes along and he says, I'm the one you're living for. Not your checklist. I'm the one who wants the relationship with you. Not your checklist. It's not the system. It's me. And we have a choice that we can either respond to it or reject it. Through the years, I've seen people reject it. Through the years, I've seen people come and they, they could only think of it in terms of doing the right things. The relationship that just went over their head and they said, okay, I'm out of here. And they went somewhere else where they did all the right stuff. It's about you knowing 
the Jesus who has an intimate relationship with the Father. So that's the question, isn't it? How's your relationship? Or are you just doing stuff? Hi folks, this is George. I want to thank you for listening this morning. And I want to tell you about a free app that you can get for your mobile device that will allow you to access all the materials and information you need about our church in one device. Simply go to your app store on your Android or Apple device and search for Kerwinsville Christian Church. The app is free, and what you'll find there is everything you need to know, plus all the teaching from our church as well as this program. And we hope that you will utilize that in your search for Christ. Until next week, folks, take care and may the Lord bless you.